Jennifer Zapparelli. Weekday morning from 9 on 2FM. Social media influencer Andrew Tate, he's been hitting the headlines recently. Firstly, for trolling Greta Thunberg on Twitter. And then then things reached another level when Tate was arrested as part of a human trafficking and rape investigation in Bucharest, which is where the word influencer becomes very, very worrying. Just a couple of weeks ago, we also saw the head of the UFC apologise for slapping his wife in a video. So Dana White has now had to halt his latest TV project, Power Slap, Mm -hmm. in which, well, you've guessed it, lads slap each other to see who can uh, slap the hardest. I suppose the question is now, how did we get here? How is someone like Andrew Tate an influencer? And how is Power Slap, how is that something that has been commissioned or is going to be a thing. How, is that really something we want in our lives? Well, Coleman Nocter is a child and adolescent psychoanalytical psychotherapist and he's here now to talk about the rise again of toxic masculinity. Coleman, you're very welcome to the show again. Thanks for having me, Jen. Um, Andrew Tate, can you explain to the listener, if they don't know who he is, who is Andrew Tate? Uh, Andrew Tate originally made fame. He's a guy from Luton in England. He's uh, English-American by heritage. But he um, he was a kickboxer, uh, quite a successful one, I think. Uh, and he was uh, one of the candidates for the Big Brother house um, a few years back. Uh, he was later taken out of the running for the Big Brother house because there was a video of him being violent with a, a female partner at the time. So he d- never went to that. Then he turned to kind of online influencing. And I, in last, I wrote about him in August 22. So he's been around for a while. Okay. Last June, July, he was the most searched character above the likes of Kim Kardashian and Donald Trump in terms of people looking up his material. Um, it's thought that he had a, a he has a kind of a following or community called Hustlers University and they, I think, using the algorithm kind of get traction for his material and so it was very self-manufactured in terms of some ways but then the problem with algorithm is what, the more it's searched, the more it's shared, the yeah. more it's shared, the more it'll be shared, etc. And so it gains momentum. And we know everything about online is the more extreme, the more viral. So nobody wants to know the moderate. So it's always those either sides of the spectrum um, and and again he he kind of jumped on a, on a, an idea of toxic masculinity that this idea that uh, he's very anti-feminism he believes that the rise of feminism and equal rights demasculates men and and kind of appeals that's how radicalization works as you kind of say to somebody you know if you go along with this you're doomed and so these all these bad things are going to happen so you need to be this way um, and yeah there was a belief that most of his cohort were young men uh, between kind of 15 and 25 we're talking were, millions of them millions millions at Globally. this stage yeah and then he was taken off those platforms he went quiet for a while when Elon Musk took over Twitter he re-assigned his account uh, and he started to gain some traction again then the splash with Greta Thunberg um, was uh, that probably did more for his popularity than anything, to be honest. And and that's the worry about you know talking about this. Do, do you encourage people to share more about it? But from a point of view of we need to know that it's out there, especially as parents, uh, to be able to be aware of I what re- children yeah. might be looking at. Well, uh, millions of them are looking at uh, in this country, uh, on your doorstep, in your house, even. Um, I had never seen or heard of him I've read the stories and I knew about him so this morning before the show I had a look at some of the videos and I just 
Uh, I just wanted to give the listener a flavour of the type of content millions and millions of young men are watching. Uh, this is Andrew Tate uh, in an interview. He's talking about his sister. Have a listen to this. I think my sister is her husband's property, yes. When a bride is walking down the aisle to marry the groom, the father walks next to her and gives her away. That's just a little flavor. Here's an, another v- uh, video that was online. Someone breaks in the house. I'm not sending her to fight. It's my job, right? I have to risk my life to protect her. So when someone doesn't break in the house and I ask her for breakfast, I expect it to be made. So in what ways are people like Andrew Tate and others like him influencing young men at the moment? How are they doing it? Well, I suppose it's not unusual. You look through history, you can see how very right-wing people can have influence over vulnerable yeah. populations. You yeah. know, that's that's not new. Um, but what is new is the reach that these guys have so they can get into your... 14-year-old's handheld device that they can be watching. Now, I want to say, I I think the majority of people who watch these videos look at them and go, that's utter tripe and will dis, you know, disengage with it or will watch it for humour value if there's something in that. Um, but even if one in every hundred thought there was something in it, we've got a problem. Do you know what I mean? From the point of view of seeing that. And, and again, it, it does prey on a narrative where like he's very anti-wokeism and says you know if we go down this road if you know and there is I wonder if there's a lot of young people who struggle with a middle do you know what I mean and, and I, I say this yeah. in, right? so you know if I like a burger then I can't be pro-climate you know what I mean so how can I still like a burger and be pro-climate well some of the narrative around that is no. If well, you're there not... is a narrative now these days that you have to pick a box. What yes. camp are you in? Are you, are you like in America? It's very are you red? Are you blue? Mm. Here, you know what I mean. And that and that conversation uh, is. I always find when I'm in America, I have to pick a side. I'm like, no, I can't. I don't want to pick a side. I'm on my own side. I, can I just say with the Andrew Tate stuff as well? Um, we had to search for those clips. Uh, we had to search for clips that were appropriate for air. So many. And so much of the content contained violence against women that we we ju- I just wouldn't play. We mm. couldn't play it. No, it's vile stuff. It's about ownership yeah. of women. It's victim blaming for people who are victims of rape. Like it's horrendous stuff. Um, and and again, it's that level of extreme. If it wasn't as extreme, would it have been shared? You know, and there's and there are other influencers out there. He's not on his own, and much more some more moderate and intellectual versions of that yeah. that are there as well. So there's an idea that you know. Who are these people speaking to? Yeah, you touched on it there about finding a medium. Mm. Uh, so, what? Just um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I just think there's a lot of young people out there who are saying, I, I think, what they think they should say rather than yeah. what they do think, right? And there's <clears throat> the idea of radicalization is you you're selling an identity. I have a place for you over here, right? And if you're not in the camp of, you know, whether and it's let's look at it like climate abortion, sexuality, these kind of high-end, highly sensitive issues, there is a kind of narrative, you're not with us, you're against us. So if you don't, if you like a burger, then you can't be pro-climate. Yeah. Let's use that. Good and let's, let's take, for example, the anti-immigrant po- protests at the moment. Yeah. So the idea of, that's about scaremongering. It's about these people are going to come in, they're going to fill our jails, they're going to take your social welfare, they're going to take your opportunities, your houses, your jobs, which radicalizes people into that position of taking a position against it. What Tate is doing is no different. He's saying you're going to be emasculated and all this sort of stuff. So we're motivated by desire and fear. So fear is 
you, the, the male is going to lose its place in society and women are going to take over. Basically, that's his kind of message. Um, mightn't be the worst idea. <laughs> and then the second side of it is is motivation. Do you want to have success with women? Do you want to have fast cars? Do you want to have money? Do you want to have... Because he has all of these things, he sells that as a follow me and this is what... So he's promising this. And, and let's say a young man at home who's maybe not successful in the, with girls or not able to, feeling very low on himself and can't find an identity within some of the more like pro-climate, pro, that's maybe not for him either. They're the type of guys who'll be kind of, and I'm not suggesting that all these men are vulnerable who follow this. There is a nasty side of it too. Uh, but for teenagers, these are, like we look at small children and we see them as young adults. Sometimes they're just big children. Do you know what I mean? And if you look at 14 and 15 year olds, I didn't really know who I was at that stage. Do you know what I mean? And so you're very vulnerable to being influenced by these people, if that makes sense. I... Uh I've had some texts in already to 51552. Uh, come and check this out. So first of all, a texter says, Jen, I'm so glad you're talking about Andrew Tate. I just heard about him this week from one of my son's teachers. I didn't know who he was and I'm so worried. My son is almost 14 and I've tried so hard to keep him in the on the right path and be a good man. Uh, any advice? We'll get to that in a second because this text came in saying Andrew Tate is a spokesman for young men. Whether you like it or not, he speaks sense to men and goes against the agenda. The media try to push. And that's the message you got to worry for. Like that's, yeah. he doesn't talk sense. He talks in opposition to a mainstream narrative. That doesn't make it sense. Do you know what I mean? From the point of view, it just makes it different. Yeah. Do you know? And, and I think from the, uh, the idea of, like in, in a sense of, if we get to what we do about it, there has to be, if, if people don't feel that they have a voice and they can speak, like the, the more you listen, the less people shout. So if we have a narrative where we can't talk about anything, then the likes of Tate, that's the fodder for for people who say, OK, he's giving me a voice where no one else will. If we have a discussion around these things, and I work in third level universities, I can see that the level of critique and opinion amongst young adults is very bland now. People are almost afraid to have to an opinion yeah. in case it's not what they should think. Does that make sense? It makes and, complete you know, sense. And so what we want to... like. Jacinta Arden, she retired or resigned this morning, and she had this lovely say to say, "Can we? You can be kind but strong. You can be optimistic but focused, and you can be empathetic but something." So this balance of you can be both. Right? Of course, you can. But we don't have a narrative that allows us to be both. It's a narrative of either or. Pick Does that make side. sense? So, yeah. so the idea of if if you and I have a disagreement, and I'm a four and you're at eight, the more you go to nine, the more I go to three. The more you go to ten, the more I go to two. Do you know what I mean? So where we have compromise is through discussion. Do you know what I mean? So you have to have discussions with children. And the value of, and here's an important thing, and I think parents need to know that, the value system from home is still way more powerful than I'm anything so from... I'm so glad you said that. You said that to me uh, months ago and it's always stuck with me when I'm ever fearful of things like this cropping up. The Andrew Tate thing, the bullying, uh, the sexuality thing, the anything that might be a tricky situation to navigate or I think they're going to get their values from, let's say we were talking about sex yesterday, uh, porn or whatever. Um, I always remembered you telling me that, remember, the child will always get their values from the home and that's really stuck on my head. So I'm so glad you said that because I know there's a lot of, like that parent, what can I do? Any advice? Trying to keep my 14-year-old on the right path. Uh, what can we do? Um, so it just goes back to keeping the conversation open and your children will get your values from you. So leading by example, being open. Any other tips? If you have a feminist dad, the likes of Tate will have no impact on you. 
Do you know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Do you know, if you have a home that respects people and relates in that culture that we value things like kindness, like measuredness, like meaning, purpose, all of those things, that they're solid blocks that allow us to kind of look at this material and disengage with it and say, this doesn't compete with the experiences that I have. Where if you're not, if you don't have that experience or you don't have those conversations and you've never had a chance to, and you feel voiceless, you feel dismissed, you feel unheard, whatever it might be, then you are vulnerable to being hoodwinked by this kind of narrative. So it's not about how do we stop Tate's message? How do we nourish young people to have good decision making? How do we get them to be critical thinkers? And how do we get them to be upstanding towards this message and be able to see that this is actually not what I see at home or what I have. And so the value system, we have this thing, we're going to be taken over by tablets and AI and all that sort of stuff. I still feel, yes, there's a risk of that happening. If we have solid, a template of solid experiences from home, from that we're getting all the time, like that's drip fed. That's not one conversation. That's how you role model it in front of your children, how you act, how you have thoughts, how you conversations. That's the stuff that protects children from this material as opposed to taking a device or, you know what I mean, from the, there's no parenting app no. That substitutes parenting. That's you know? right. And that is, uh, it's great and we're talking about, and that's uh, preventative, but we, we've had a text in, Coleman. Uh, Andrew Tate is a spokesperson for young men, whether you like it or not. He speaks sense to men. He goes against the agenda. The media tried to push. If you have someone like that in your life, a young person in your life, an old person in your life like that, how do you approach that? How do you talk to that? Uh, unpick it. You know, again, like I work in a therapy setting, so I get lots of young people coming in with very staunch, fixed views around. They might say, the leaving starts pointless, right? So I'm not going to do it. So tell me where you're getting that opinion from. What about this? What about that? And although Unpick it. there's a lot of kind of evidence suggests they might be right in many ways, they're not right in all ways. So when you're a teenager, it's very extreme in how you think about things. They don't do the middle. So you bring them to the middle and say, OK, well, there might be people, a group of people who feel disenfranchised, but is victim blaming rape victims? Is, you know, seeing women as property the answer to that? It's not. And so you're trying to, what you're trying to do is create more critical critical thinking around it. But you have to have that through conversation. Do you know what I mean? And again, that's role modelling. That it's, if you say, don't talk about that, I don't want to hear about it. What does that do to that child? It makes them feel unheard, more dismissed, and then they feel more kind of, as again, it goes back to that, that issue. The more you listen, the less I shout. A lot of texts coming in. I think it's funny how people talk about Andrew Tate's influence. I think Andrew talks complete sense in 90% of what he says, but media pick up the 10% to make him look bad. Jen, the problem is the media. It's trying to stop people from being able to speak out and have a difference of opinion. And if you go against that, you're right wing. Tate is going against that narrative and that's why he's so popular. But aren't we having a conversation on the national broadcaster now? Am and I reading out your texts about it? now and aren't we trying to have a discussion around it as far as I'm aware you're the one that says he is not being heard he's the one that is speaking the truth he is the one um, it, it looks like he's the one that's pushing the agenda we're just trying to have a discussion here right yeah, and again, that's what—that's how you counter it. You know, that's how you create a conversation where people have a choice. If there's no conversation, then you're not making an informed decision. You know, you feel that this is the only option. But there is a sense that I think there are a huge population of people who feel dismissed. Maybe they don't share the extreme views that we might have on mm. certain things, but feel unable to have a conversation about that. Do you know what I mean? For fear of 
seeming, seemingly feeling that they're the odd one out or yeah. they're unusual or that people will give them looks. Does Are you worried? Sense? Do you get worried? I mean, you say you're in universities all the time and I do find this. I was actually having a conversation with a drama teacher who's staying with me because I always have guests in my house, Coleman. I don't know if you listen to the show. And um, he was saying they were doing Shakespeare and some amazing writing uh, writers and plays and it's very hard to get young people to say certain things or do certain things because they're afraid of be- being perceived a certain way. And it was like, this is just a play. You're so they're so self-conscious of doing or saying the wrong thing, even in the form of art. Now, when you're in a, a debate or conversations with uh, these young adults, uh, and you're saying that discussion is getting harder and harder, surely that's a huge problem. Yeah, and, and again, that points to maybe the the uh, hyper outrage response yeah. to things, okay. you know. And, and so, when you're fearful of that reaction then you just, it's not worth it to get into that discussion. You know what I mean, from that point of view. So that silences you and keeps you internalising your own thoughts. And and there is a a hyper outrage response to things. You know what I mean? But um, I'm trying not to have a hyper outrageous (laughs) response to these texts coming in because I want... I want to understand it. I really do. And I just would like to say to, I mean, we are getting a lot of texts saying how disgusted people are by Andrew Tate, but it is important. We also need to hear from the other side because that side exists. And I'm um, I'm saying to you right now, if you'd like to come on air 51552 and discuss Andrew Tate and the reason why you find him so fascinating and you're so supportive of him, I am willing to listen. I'm here and I would love to have that discussion as well. Um so we've lots to do, Coleman, in a sense, because uh, I said it in the intro there, uh, talking about toxic masculinity. We're here again or it's getting worse or it's getting, what do you think? Yeah, but I think it's a, it's a kind of a symptom of culture. Like if you look, I was listening to the show all morning and it's, like, they're all examples of extremes, whether it's mm-hmm. fast fashion extremes, dance moms or eight euros coffee, right? They're, these are all kind of, you know, I think uh, you said peak losing the run of yourself. We kind of have, we're at that stage. Everything is one, two, three, eight, nine, ten. You know, it's these kind of yeah. extremes. And there is a massive middle who have no belonging or a sense of where where how can I have like how can I have an opinion about uh, marriage equality but still want to leave fairy tale in New York the way it is you know so that and, and can I do that is that is that a position that I can take and I don't know whether that is a position that people can take if that makes any sense and so rather than how voice that position I'll just keep that to myself because I don't want people to be outraged or offended by what I say. And I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to be offensive to somebody. So I'm going to keep my opinions to myself. When we drive them underground, then we're going to drive them towards underground sources of information. Absolutely. And you said something uh, which I think will be very helpful, that hyper response, is it? Hypervigilance to to outrage. Yeah, Yeah, to outrage. Yeah, I mean, that's very important. If we can just stop ourselves from doing that and listen and we can all have a a much better conversation, try and understand what is going on in the world. Coleman Nocter, a child and adolescent psychotherapist, as always, a pleasure. Thank you so much uh, for coming in and taking a look at toxic masculinity. The phone lines are open. The text line is open 51552 if you'd like to have that conversation with me. Jennifer Zapparelli. Weekday morning from 9. On 2FM.